Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. We can learn more about you and your word. Um, thank you for, um, thank you that we're here together and um, help and guide Brother George as he um, teaches us more about you and your word and um, help us to um, spread your word and um, help others and be more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, Where's Touchy? Touchy's connection must have gone. Yeah, it looks like he has gone. So we are going to um um we're going to start from where we stopped. Is Tony on? Yeah. yeah. A lovely picture. A lovely picture. Yeah, that. lovely family picture, isn't it? No, it's me. Oh, where is Tony? We've not seen him. Well, I think he's resting, but he always listens to the one they said every Saturday. Okay, 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 no problem. So we will, we will um, continue from where we stopped. Last time we were looking at Luke. We looked at Luke um, 22, yes. So, like we did, we just need someone to read their notes for us, just to remind us of some of the key points we learned. So, we looked at when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. So, from verse 39, remember we talked about when he went to the Mount of Olives and all that. And somebody just read these are notes for us. Probably one of the kids or two of the kids, two of the children. Just for, so that we can get a, remi- a reminder of what we talked about last week. So, uh, I learned that um, Jesus was devoted to prayer and it says that I learned that it would be wrong for me, his disciple, not to pray, and that I should, so I should always uh, follow his example. And he, Jesus prayed regularly, and that's how I can please God. And Jesus won't tell me to do something that he has not done himself. himself. And I can get strength when I pray, and grace and mercy, and... When Jesus was in agony, he prayed more intensely. So I should, uh, whenever I'm in trouble, I shouldn't, like, go to people on earth. I should pray. And I should not be, stop, stop praying. I shouldn't spiritually sleep uh, if I'm in trouble. Uh, I should pray so I can win victory. Amen. Thank you very much. 
that's very nice. You raised some very important points. Remember, we talked about the fact that if Jesus, the Almighty Jesus, the powerful Jesus, prayed, we don't have an option but to pray. And we talked about the fact that one of the enemies of prayer is sleep. The Bible said the disciples were sleeping. And remember what Jesus told the disciples. He says, pray so that you do not enter into temptation. And we highlighted that it was because they were not praying. That was why someone like Peter, when they came to arrest Jesus, what was the first thing he went for? He went for his sword. A man that does not pray will deploy human tactics, human methods to solve problems. So in that instance, you saw how Peter was going to use fighting, violence, to solve an issue. And that was why Jesus warned them. He said, pray so that you do not enter into temptation. But when you don't pray, when temptation comes knocking, you are going to enter into it. And also, we saw that it was in the place of prayer that Jesus received strength. The Bible said, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And the Bible said, the angels from heaven came to strengthen him. So even spiritual strength, it doesn't come from anywhere else. It comes through prayer. The grace of God becomes much more available to your life and to your heart when you give yourself to prayer. So we just want to continue that study in um, Luke chapter 22. So we will go straight to when Jesus was arrested. We want to study that part. And then we will link up with some other scriptures just for illustration, illustrative purposes. So let's go to Luke chapter 22. I want us to read from verse 47 down to 53. So can somebody read for us? Um, who will I, who will volunteer? Which of the children will volunteer for us? Verse 47, so Luke 22, verse 47 to 53. Jesus was still speaking when a crowd arrived, led by Judas, one of the twelve disciples. He came up to Jesus and kissed him. But Jesus said, Judas, is it with a kiss that you betray the Son of Man? When the disciples who were with Jesus saw what was going to happen, they asked, Shall we use our swords, Lord? 
And one of them struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, Enough of this. He touched the man's ear and healed him. When Jesus said to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and the elders who had come there to get did you have to come with swords and clubs as though I were an outlaw? I was with you in the temple every day, and you did not try to arrest me. But this is your hour to act when the power of darkness rules. We'll stop there just because we want to talk about George, because you have the there's an alternate passage in John 18 which is also very interesting related to that the same story I didn't hear you uh, John 18 verse 5 to 7 yes do you, do you know do, do you know why that do you know why that's significant yes because I have it as a reference here um Seven to uh, John eighteen five to seven. Yes, five to seven. The Bible says they answered him. The, Whom are you seeking? Yes, and and he says to them, it's a, it's an uh, interesting working Greek. Is he says, um, I am. Yes. So, but the, the he is not there in Greek. So it's egoami. So, which is the same word as the word, I am who I am, which is the same word as Yahweh, in the actual kind of uh, in the actual kind of. Greek. So when when Jesus says it's the I am statement, mm. he's actually kind of stating his deity. So in John eighteen five to seven, which is a parallel passage to Luke Luke twenty two, the uh, so yeah he he says literally basically I am, and they actually fall back because of um, Jesus' power. So yeah, it's um. It's quite, it's quite interesting that they came to arrest Jesus and Jesus, you know, that's why that statement, when he said, have you come against a robber with swords and clubs? And in John 18, when they asked, and they said, when Jesus asked them, who are you seeking? Yeah. And he said, I am. <sighs> Jesus, his statement alone was powerful enough to knock them off their feet. Mm. Well, well, he's God. That's the thing. Is because he's simply God. It's like one of the they did a bit of it, like because because that's what they say. So like, literally, like I've been around you for like the last mm. years or so. You could have arrested me then. Why now? It's like you, you've only arrested me when I want you to arrest me. You don't arrest me any time sooner. Because in the other scriptural passages, it talks about the fullness of time. In the fullness of time, um, you'll... Uh, yes. But when the uh, Galatians 4 verse 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God, God sent forth his son... We will talk about that because it's, uh, it has a spiritual connotation of our own um, life now. So, let's go to that verse 47. You know, Jesus was talking, he was trying to encourage the disciples earlier on. verse in verse 46. Why do you sleep? Rise and pray. This you enter the Jesus was admonishing them. Now, why are you sleeping? 
Temptation is nothing. Temptation is going to come before us. Why do you sleep? Just to buttress what Jesus was trying to teach them. Now, in that verse 47, the Bible said, while he was still speaking, behold, a multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. So, this was Judas orchestrating his betrayal. The people that came to arrest Jesus did not actually know him. Anyway, how do you expect them to know him when they have not been with Jesus? You understand? There was no way they will know Jesus when they have not been with him. But unfortunately, Judas, the man who has been with Jesus, was the one that pointed out Jesus to them. Now, let's think about this in a spiritual context. Normally, what should be the best thing? Judas, anybody who is pointing Jesus to people, or who is signifying that this is Jesus, what should you do? You should point to Jesus so that they too can follow him. You understand? Judas was kissing Jesus in an attempt not to make those people follow Jesus, but it was to betray Jesus. You see, what I'm trying to explain is this. Let us not be like Judas. Who Look at that betrayal process. Judas stepped forward, kissed Jesus, and the reason for kissing Jesus was so that he could point out to the people who came to arrest Jesus, who came to take Jesus away, who wanted to crucify Jesus, who wanted to silence Jesus. He pointed them out. He pointed Jesus out to them. For us, was it, was it, wasn't it the same as the victim, you know, the devil, Satan in the wilderness, that basically Judas wanted to force Jesus to, to come into his ministry as far as they saw it, which was to, to, to rise up and kick out the Romans, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously Judas has his other faults as well. <laughs> um, but it was there, it was again, it was trying to force God's hand mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and force Jesus to, to do what, obviously, Judas at the time wasn't aware that Jesus was all ready to do his, his actual act, his act of uh, salvation. Yes. Yes, so uh, I agree. I mean, what Jesus came for, remember, the Romans were occupying force at that time. And the, the the people normally, in fact, some of the disciples thought that Jesus came to restore their chase out the Romans and bring back Jewish rule. There's, there's a Messiah they've got actually at the moment called Rabbi Yehuda, David or something like that, in in Israel. 
<laughs> so who's the current Messiah that they want to kind of restore the third temple? Kind of, there's an actual Messiah. What does that mean? Oh. Uh, that's an interesting. There's a whole. I've I found a whole kind of thing about him online. So okay. there's like a whole kind of um, thing. So it's still. It's still present today. What one of the other interesting things is is that Judas calls um, Jesus Rabbi, and the other disciples call call uh, Jesus Lord or Kurios. So they called him Master, which is like which is the form form for like teacher. But Kurios is the same word as the word Yahweh. Yes. So that's that's another kind of um so they actually kind of sorry yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. so it, it's obvious here I just wanted to highlight just very quickly what Judas was doing and if you correlate it to our own lives that normally we should point out Jesus to people so that those people can follow him but Judas was doing the opposite. And does it not happen at times in our own lives that some people, even Christians, will misbehave? But their misbehavior will be a negative effect, have a negative effect on the lives of other people who might be questioning, who might be asking, who might be seeking the Lord. Maybe I'm sure you've seen it before. A Christian passes a rude comment, maybe uses a, 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 a swear word, and people say, Excuse me, but you're a Christian, you shouldn't be <laughs> you shouldn't be saying that. So for Judas, he pointed out Jesus so that Jesus can be arrested. So that Jesus can be silenced, so that Jesus can be can be put out of the picture, so that Jesus will not be that was the plan. But for this was a negative thing that Judas was doing. And if you look at what Jesus said, look at what Jesus said. Jesus said to him, Judas. Are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Remember what Judas was doing? Judas just pointed out to the people who came to arrest him. This is the Jesus you need to arrest. Don't go and carry Peter. Because if you carry Peter, you are just stopping the man from fishing. <laughs> If you go and carry Matthew, Matthew is your former tax collector. You will just, yeah, you, if you carry Matthew, you are not making, you are not making any, making any difference. But if you silence Jesus, if you try and put him out of the scene, take him out of the scene, you are going to be, you are going to be, uh, doing something and let me let me tell us you two you agree with me that all the enemy is interested in in your life and in my life is that he wants jesus to be arrested jesus to be retained 
the effect of Jesus in your life must be very minimal. That plan of the enemy has not changed. Hold on. That plan of the enemy has not changed. Beloved brethren, the enemy wants you, anytime you do the wrong thing, anytime you misbehave, you are indirectly betraying Jesus so that he can be restrained, so that his influence in your life will be minimal. That was what Judas was doing. And like I said, that has not changed. Judas was pointing out so that people can arrest him. Do you remember there was somebody else in John chapter 1 who was pointing Jesus out to others? Look at the effect. Look at the positive effect. Go to John chapter 1. I'm sure you've read it before. I just want us to remind ourselves of the parallel difference between betraying Jesus and actually making other people to follow Jesus. Look at it. John chapter 1. This is when Judas, you know, this is when John the Baptist pointed out Jesus to others. Look at it from verse 29. John chapter 1 from verse 29. Let me let me read it. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me. For he was before me. I do not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. Look at it. Look at verse 35. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Look at it. Verse 38. Then Jesus turned, seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated, Teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that now it was about the tenth hour. Now let's keep reading because it's so this story is interesting. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him, his brother, to Jesus. Do you see what was happening there? Do you see that Jesus, you see that Jesus attracted, I'm sorry, John, that 
simple statement. Behold, the Lamb of God. Who takes the sin of the world? Who takes away the sin of the world? That statement made two disciples of John to start following Jesus. And they did not just follow him for half a day. They told Jesus. You know, Jesus turned and saw them following. And asked, what are you looking for? And I thank God for their response. They did not say, oh Jesus, you know I need money. Lord Jesus, you know I have just left fishing. And I need constant food in my house. Lord Jesus, you know my business is suffering. I need you to come and help me with it. Now, do you know that Jesus would have answered all those needs if that was what they were looking for? No problem. Jesus will not go to somebody, or somebody will not go to Jesus, and Jesus will say, sorry, I'm not healing you. No, Jesus will give them what they asked for. Do you remember? That people needed bread, Jesus fed them. People needed healing, Jesus healed understand but the disciples that were now following jesus when jesus asked them what are you seeking that question is also important for you and me in your following jesus thank god you are following him what are you actually looking for because disciples started following jesus immediately john said this is the behold the lamb of god who takes the sin of takes away the sin of the world they left John and started following Jesus. And Jesus asked them, what are you looking for? The same question the Holy Spirit is asking me, is asking you. What are you two looking for in your following Jesus? All these years of being, following him, of, of trying to be like Jesus and reading your scriptures and all that, what exactly are you looking for? And look at what those disciples said. They didn't give Jesus an answer. They only asked Jesus one question. Rabbi, where are you staying? We want to be with you. We want to stay where you are staying. We want to sleep where you are sleeping. Anywhere you are going, we want to go. That was a very deep answer. They were only telling Jesus, Jesus, see where you are going, we are going with you. We want to be attached to you, Lord Jesus. We want you to dwell with us and us dwelling with you. They were not asking Jesus for things. They didn't come to say, Jesus, give me healing, and then they will go away. No. They came and said, Jesus, I want, we want to stay with you. Do you remember the, the lepers that Jesus healed? Remember? Jesus told them, go, you'll be healed. As they went, they were healed. And they kept going. Only one <laughs> came back. Jesus tells you, don't worry, you are healed. And as you are going away, you receive your healing. And you kept going. If you check through scriptures, the people that Jesus healed, usually, out of joy, they will keep following Jesus. Blind Barnabas, 
Do you remember him? That Jesus met on the road to Jericho. When Jesus finished healing him, the Bible said he followed Jesus in the way. You understand? So, but this, this, um, people, but, but these people, um, sorry, the disciples were interested in staying with Jesus. So, that is only teaching me that I should, I should aim for something greater with God. Don't just be interested in collecting things from God. And that is not helping your, your relationship with Him. Go beyond the things you are collecting from God. Go beyond the healing. Go beyond the, the provision. Say, Lord, I want to stay with you. I want to know you far more than I know you now. I want my relationship with you to be deeper than this. So anywhere you are, Lord, I'm going to be there. They wanted to know Jesus. And the way you know somebody is by staying with him. So you see how the life of those disciples changed. All because John the Baptist said, Look, the Lamb of God. John the Baptist, John the Baptist pointed them to Jesus. And they started following Jesus. Now, do you remember the next part of that story? The Bible said Simon Peter got to know about Jesus through his brother Andrew, who had stayed with Jesus, who had been following Jesus because John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. So we see there very clearly that, that because of the pronouncement of John the Baptist, we saw how Andrew came to Jesus, stayed with Jesus, and he did not stop there. Simon was also called into the fold. It was in that story we read that Simon's name also changed. He said, Jesus told Simon Peter, he said, your name is Simon, but from now on, your name will be called Peter, meaning rock. So we see that even Peter's life changed. His encounter, he had an encounter with Jesus, all because John the Baptist told Andrew. And what did Andrew do? Andrew told Simon. But excuse me, when when Judas pointed other people. To Jesus, oh sorry, when Judas pointed people, the people, the multitude that came to arrest Jesus, what was the effect? What was the first thing that happened <laughs> when Judas was between Jesus? What was the first thing that happened? Somebody lost his ear. Do you remember? If let's go back to that, to that uh, Luke twenty-two. Immediately, that is what betrayal of Jesus does. He 
doesn't bring anything good. Look at it. Look to detail. From verse 46 or 48, Jesus said to Judas, Judas, are you between the son of man with the keys? Look at what happened in verse 49. When those around him saw what was going to happen, they said to him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Beloved brethren, that is what betrayal does. Betrayal does not, when you are doing the wrong thing, you are indirectly between Jesus. It does not lead to other people coming to know Jesus and following him for themselves. Excuse me, look at the servant of the high priest. Judas was between Jesus and his ear was cut off. Let's think about it. I know this was a physical occurrence. But when you betray Jesus, you stop other people from having spiritual hearing. You stop other people from hearing God themselves. You stop other people from listening to the word and to the voice of God for themselves. Like I said, this was a physical thing happening. But when we read stories like this, it should give us a spiritual insight. When you betray Jesus, you will indirectly stop other people from encountering God. Do you know how I wish it was not? But excuse me, every time people betray Jesus, this is what happens. Do you want us to look at another man who betrayed Jesus? Peter. Let's just jump to his story very quickly. Look at look at the story of Peter. When Peter betrayed Jesus too. Let's let's look at it. Just going down that um, Luke 22. Um, sorry, my app keeps jumping ahead of me. Yes. Look at when Peter denied Jesus. Let's, let's look at it. Look at verse 54. Verse 54 said, Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now, when they had kindled the fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently him and said, this man was also with him. Do you know, unfortunately, verse 57, the Bible said, he denied him, saying, woman, I do not know him. Let's, can we think about Peter and 
answering that question truthfully. Peter sat down with them. And they looked at Peter and said, Ah, Peter, you are looking like one of the disciples of Jesus. You are looking like a Christian. What, what would, if Peter was to answer positively, what would Peter say? Peter would say, Oh, yes, I'm actually one of his disciples. But you know, all these things happening to Jesus has been predicted in Scripture. Jesus needs to be crucified as the Lamb of God so that your sin and my sin can be cleansed. And all of a sudden, Peter preaches the gospel to those people who were going to inherently be mocking Jesus. The woman or the servant girl that asked, eh? supposing this was human, let's let's even think. You know, uh, there are some things that are coming to my heart now. The man whose high, whose ear was cut off. Hmm? The Bible said he was the servant of the high priest. Isn't it? Hmm? The servant of the high priest. His ear was cut off. But Jesus healed the ear. Hmm? And now, the servant of the high priest returns to the house. And he, he is talking to this servant girl who was also in the house. Just assume, because remember they were in the in the high priest's house, and this servant girl was discussing with this man, the other male servant whose ear was cut off, and the woman was saying, the girl was telling that man, what happened to your ear? Ah, it was when we went to arrest Jesus, and that. Is called <laughs> eh? that Peter. Oh, I don't know who his name sliced my ear off. But that man we went to arrest, he did not, he was so loving. He, he touched my ear, and my ear, ear grew back, or else my ear will not be here today. And they were talking, and he says, and that girl, because she has just heard the gospel from Peter, comes and says, actually, do you know why I went to arrest that man? You are only fulfilling the Bible. You are only fulfilling scripture. This man will be crucified, but he needs to be crucified so that your sin and my sin can be washed away. So that we don't need to be buying goods and total doves and ram every year. The reason why this man will be crucified is because of your sin and my sin. Imagine if Peter had not denied Jesus and said the truth and discussed with the people sitting around the fire, trying to convince them and say, See, this needs to happen so that Jesus can rise again. Even if it's not everybody that is convinced, some people will be touched. Left to me, this servant whose ear was cut off, do you think when 
his ear was healed. Do you think questions will not be going through his head? We came to arrest you. And in the process, my ear was cut off. And then, tell the people who cut off, your followers who cut off my ear, you tell them off. And you now heal my ear. Will questions not be going to his head? But the problem is that who will answer his questions? If not people like Peter. Who will give him clarity? Judas cannot explain to him now. Why his ear was healed. This servant girl could have offered some explanation. But unfortunately, Peter did not talk to her about Jesus. How was he now going to get answers to his question? And do you know, beloved brethren, there are people having questions about God and Jesus. They don't understand We have to be there so that we are representatives of Jesus to explain to them. People have a lot of questions. It was when I started, you know, I did not realize this until you start talking to people. People have questions. It Everything looks modeled in their head. But let me tell you, God is not going to come down. God is not going to send Moses or send Peter or send Paul to come and explain to them. It is me and you who are the Christians on duty that we explain to them. As long as we don't deny Jesus, opportunities will come for us to explain to them. Peter had an opportunity. Look at all those people in the high priest's house. They didn't understand what was going on. They just sat and they saw how Jesus was dragged. And they were they needed questions. Their questions answered. Especially the servant of the high priest. I'm sure he had questions. But nobody was available to answer his questions. So, beloved brethren, we need to pray that God will help us that we stand steadfast and don't deny him so that when the opportunity comes, we can answer those questions. We can point people to just like John did. They kept asking John, who are you? We don't have time. We would have gone to John chapter 1 again to go and study it. They kept looking to John, who are you? Who do you say you are? Are you Elijah? He told them, I'm not Elijah. Are you one of the prophets? He told them, no. I'm a voice. To point to you, the Lord Jesus. To tell you about the master, the one I am unworthy to untie his shoelaces. I may be baptizing with water, 
and my ministry is only with water water does not cleanse much the one i'm telling you about is jesus the son of god who will baptize you with fire so we see how john the, ba john the baptist pointed people to jesus he answered their questions he told them very clearly i am not jesus but i can point you to the lamb of god who will take away the sin of the world so beloved brethren that is going to be a prayer point for us lord help me so that i can be a true witness of you so that i can point people faithfully to you even when they are confused lord let me be able to answer the question so that as a seed so that they too can be touched so that you lord can water that seed god is only looking for people who will plant the seed that he can come and water the way god has designed it now is that me and you are the ones to plant the seed the work of god is to come and water and make the seed grow but the seed cannot grow when it has not been planted that seed of the gospel is in your mouth is in my mouth all god is calling us to do is plant it look for a way of planting it let us not be discouraged let me show you a scripture ecclesiastes coming to the issue of planting seeds ecclesiastes chapter 11 read verse 5 and verse 6 talking about the matter of planting spiritual seed the seed of the gospel look at it let me read from verse 4 he who observes the wind not so he who regards the clouds will not reap verse 5 as you do not know what is the will of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child. So you do not know the works of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, do not withhold your hand. For you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Beloved brethren, Look at what the Bible is saying in verse 4. He who observes the wind will not sow. Does it not happen to you? God, the Holy Spirit is nudging you to talk to somebody about Jesus. But the first thing you do is you look at his face. Or you look at her face. You say, mm, she looks upset. <laughs> I don't want to offend her. She's frowning. 
I won't talk about Jesus now. But actually, if you observe a person's face before you talk about Jesus, you will not plant the gospel in that person's heart. Look at what the Bible is saying. He who observes the wind will not sow. Let us not observe people's faces. At times, in fact, those negative emotions people have, they need your sleep so that the light of God can shine on their hearts. Verse 5 says, As you do not know what is the way of the wind, or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. Beloved brethren, you don't know how God works in totality. You don't know the heart of that person. All God is telling you and me to do is to sow that seed in faith. Don't think because he has an angry face that when you sow the seed, because he's angry, then your sowing of the seed is useless. No. God just wants somebody to sow that seed. How that seed will grow, it's none of it's not actually you that will make it grow. You don't know how it will grow. You don't know that the seed of the gospel will soon. Maybe in the next two years, somebody else will come and reinforce what you said. And that person will give his life to Christ. You don't know. Maybe as the person goes to bed that night, what you have, what you've told him or her about the gospel rings in her ear. And before you know it, she's also asking questions. But because you are not around, she goes to another Christian who guides him or her to the Lord. You don't know the works of God. You cannot plan the work of God for him, actually. All God is telling me and you to do, sow the seed. So the Bible is saying in verse 6, In the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, do not withhold your hand, still so. Because you don't know. Maybe the seed has been sown before, but one bed of the air that the devil sent came to eat that seed. And God is waiting for you to sow another one. So that person can come to know Jesus. You don't know the works of God. You can't orchestrate or plan the works of God for him. How that seed is going to germinate and grow, you don't have the power to do it. The Bible says, Paul plants, Apollos waters. God is the one that gives the increase. Apollos doesn't know how the seed will grow. His job is just to water it. Paul, who planted the seed, is not the one that will make the seed grow. His job is just to plant it. That's why, as God will help you and me, let us not betray Jesus. So that we can plant this seed. Peter, because he betrayed Jesus,
Jesus, there was no way he could plant the seed. All he could say was, I don't know him. Excuse me. How can Peter plant the seed when he said, I don't know him? How can he talk about the salvation of Jesus when Peter beat his chest and swore, I don't know him? We too, when we behave, the way we behave, at times we are indirectly saying we don't know him. Have you seen a Christian who, who is very angry? He's so angry that he he says, Is it because I'm a Christian? I will deal with you. <laughs> is it because I'm a Christian? Are you taking me for granted? Let me tell you, don't mistake my humility for, for, for stupidity. I know who I am, and I have my rights, and I will deal with you. What's that Christian indirectly saying? I don't know him. Somebody is encouraging and saying, but brother, you are a Christian, you don't need to talk like this. Leave me alone. I cannot allow anybody to walk over me. God was angry. And if God is allowed to be angry, me too, I'm allowed to be angry. I will I will I will tell him a piece of my mind. What you are indirectly saying is, I don't know him. You cannot plant the seed of the gospel in that type of atmosphere. Peter couldn't. Akin, isn't isn't that a bit of scripture also about the fact that um we as Christians can't Say, well, I'm okay, I've got my salvation, I'm doing quite nicely, I've got a good job, I've got all that, and not have compassion yeah. on others, to hold back our hand, to not yeah. be generous to exactly. others. And of course it does mean the, the good news as well, but it, it's other ways as well. Yes, honestly, I agree with you, Kevin, 100%. That we cannot, you know, if Peter had said, had been boasting, you remember when Jesus told Peter, Peter, <laughs> you are going to deny me three times. You know, Peter was saying, how can I? How can I? He didn't pray. He was telling Jesus, Jesus, even if he's to death, I'm going to follow you. Me? Betray you? Ah, ah. Do you know who you are? You know, Peter, I'm just adding my own bit here. Do you know what Peter was saying? He might have told Jesus. Do you know who you are talking to? This is Peter this is Peter. I am not Simon. I am Peter the Rock. Do Jesus, do rocks move? <laughs> I can't deny you. <laughs> I can't deny you. And if we are overconfident, that's why the Bible says, He that thinks he stands should take it, lest he falls. It is actually those of you that are standing that need to take heed so that you don't fall. He that has fallen doesn't fear falling, actually. But it is those that are standing that should be afraid of falling. And that's the thing. So like you said, we must have compassion. We must know that because of what Jesus has done for us, we cannot boast we can actually fall and so we need to be careful about our own lives do you know peter denied jesus three times the first time 
when Peter said, I don't know him, what do you think went through Peter's mind? Do you think the Holy Spirit would have put his hand and said, Ah, Peter, what did you just say? You see, it happens. But because nothing happened, he continued. Excuse me, if you misbehave the first time and the Holy Spirit picks your heart, do you know you are meant to respond? But because nothing adverse happens, you know, the Bible says, because the punishment for sin is not immediate, people continue in their wicked ways. Supposing eh, Peter lied the first time, and immediately he lied, he, he developed, um, maybe something happened to his tongue. Eh? <laughs> and, and maybe he was dumb for like five minutes. He couldn't talk after he lied. And then he could not talk. And they asked him that question again. <laughs> Do you think he will say no? <laughs> he just say, ah, God, I will not lie this time because last time I became deaf and dumb. If I became dumb. So I don't want this punishment for me. Immediately you say, see, I know him. But he will be afraid of the consequences. And it will, the issue will not be that he wants to obey God. It is the fear of the consequences. So what God is challenging us is that we must do the right thing because it is the right thing to please God. Not because, first of all, you are scared of the consequences. If you only do something because of the consequences, if consequences are not immediate, you will continue to do it. So, I just see here God challenging my heart, challenging your heart, that we should not deny Him. In whatever, when opportunities arise, when you have to stand for Jesus and live your life as a Christian, don't deny Him. So that you can be able to sow that seed God wants to be sown in those lives. Like the scripture is telling us here in Ecclesiastes that you do not know the works of God who makes everything. So in the morning, what should you do? Sow the seed. In the evening, so, where can, I, can I just read in Amplified actually in verse 4? It says, it says here, he who observes the wind and waits for all conditions to be favorable will mm. not so. And he who regards the clouds will not rain. Because I think some people trying to um, share the word of God and sometimes, oh, probably when uh, it will be more convenient for me, when I will be less busy, I will try to share the word of God. You know, it, it, we are looking for a favorable condition, isn't it? But it's, it's here, whatever the weather, we have to do it. You know, the Bible says, preach the word in season and out of it. Whether it's convenient, whether the person is smiling or is not smiling, whether the person has just received his salary or a good event has just occurred and the person is happy, or even when things are down, 
and then asked, God might be wanting you to sow that seed so that that person can think and reflect about it. Most times, we don't want to rock the boat or offend people when they are passing through a very bad time. But God might be waiting for that time so that you can sow that seed. You know, so the prayer now is God should just help us. That in mercy, He should help us. You see, anytime I read the story of Peter, I have learned not to look down on Peter and say, Ah, but Peter, they told you, but you still did it. Do you know, even for us now, God has told us so many things, but we still do the opposite. <laughs> So if that's why I've stopped criticizing Peter, God sees my heart. I'm falling in those areas myself. When I know that this is what Jesus said, but I still do it. So that's why Peter, the difference between he and Judas was that Judas did not repent. He cried, he was sorrowful, but he did not he did not turn back. He wept, but he turned. That's the difference. So even when we do the wrong thing, please don't be downcast. Don't say it is finished. You know, the reason why God forgives me and you is so that we can get up and do right thing. The devil is very wicked. He would he wants you to die so that you don't have any opportunity. To do the right thing. But God is saying, repent so that you can do the right thing. Henceforth. Jesus told that woman that was born, that was caught in adultery. He said, Who are those that condemn you? Where are they? He said, Rise up, go and sin no more. That is the that is the thing. That's what gives me a new victory. If Peter was so sad. After that denial that he didn't follow Jesus, we would not have had the book of Mark. You know, the book of Mark was written by Mark, but he got all those information eh, from Peter. He got those information from Peter. And that book has blessed us now. So we are going to pray and ask that God should help us so that we we can keep following him and we will be instruments that God can use to sow the seed. God has reminded us that there are people asking questions. I don't know why my heart just went to that high priest servant. If we have questions, this man, we came to arrest him and one of his disciples are trying to fight for him and he's telling them off. And then even my, my, my ear that was cut off, he healed it. Ah, 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 ah. There must be something about this man we don't know. That's Jesus. He has questions. But when disciples, who, you know, Jesus was being arrested and was going disciples that should answer his questions are not on ground. Even those that were on ground were denying him. 
have his questions be answered. Jesus has been arrested. He's gone. This high priest servant has questions. Who will answer it? It's not Pontius Pilate. It's not even the high priest. Who will answer it? The disciples. So it's the same thing that applies to me and you. That God should help my heart. God should help your heart. So that we are available to answer people's questions in the little we can. So that we can sow the seed and God will add fruit and growth to that seed we have sown. So I'll stop here so that we can pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's go to our uh, prayer request. So for our prayer points, um, can I ask? Can I ask you, Tochi, to please pray, please, for our prayer points? I think Tochi is on his way somewhere, so I don't. Oh, okay. So let me just. Sir, sir, I'm here. It's just uh, trying to disconnect uh, my speaker. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's okay, Tochi, to pray, um, pray for our prayer points. That's fine. Thank you. Yeah, and um, actually, can I ask you, Dom, to please pray for all the kids as uh, they will be going back to school on uh, Monday and especially Regine and Jethro uh, because they will be uh, starting to have their exams like GCSEs like that but it's not a GCSE yeah are you okay with that Dom it's not there Oh, okay. So, let me just ask, um, Brother Michael, is it okay to pray for the kids? They're going back to school, you think? Yeah, all the kids, especially, uh, 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 virtual consultation tomorrow any other prayer requests sorry Nico I, I didn't hear it this disconnected at that point they're going back oh, to school okay. sorry they're going back to school and something on Monday we'll uh, pray for all the kids uh, and, and for starting exams or something you say yeah, for Regine and Jethro, please. Okay, thank you. And anything else? Can yes, please. Okay, Sir Bethel. Uh, What's the prayer request, Yeah, Nika, can can you can someone pray for me? I have I have my treatment on Monday. Uh, okay. I'm, having, I'm having the hybridization on my right shoulder and stand on my right shoulder. 
Okay, yeah, we'll pray for that sister Jackie. Thank you. God's intervention in my life. Mm -hmm. I discovered a few months ago, I discovered a lump in my breast and in my armpit. I spoke to my doctor, that, then after checking it, they told me it's an ordinary lump. But now I am feeling serious pain on the breast, the lump, and the one in my armpit. Mm -hmm. I feel pains. I feel pains in my blood. It can in any. It can come up in any of my body. Mm -hmm. I don't know what is wrong. I just need God in my life to give me a total healing. I just need Him, please. I need prayer. Okay, sure. And um, okay, is it okay for you to please pray for our sister Bethel? Okay. And uh, Kevin, is it okay for you to pray for our sister Jackie? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, any other prayer requests before I'm gonna assign for that closing prayer? Do you remember? Do you remember the lady, the uh, Muslim lady, user Kevin? Oh yeah, friend, yeah. She um she had to have pins or in in her ankle because it was it was badly broken, but the She's got allergies and what have you, so she's only on paracetamol, so she's in a lot of pain. And obviously okay. we uh, we pray for her salvation, but um, yeah, if somebody could pray for her. Okay, so Ria, can I ask you to pray for that, please? Can you pray for my brother for his court case? Uh, uh, okay. <sighs> Sister Jackie? Could you please pray for Dom's brother for uh, his court case? Uh, okay, Nika, and, um, Nika, Nika, yeah. I'm still waiting for my results. Oh, okay. Okay, well, my, um, my last blood test was worse. It was worse than previously, but I haven't had my okay. biopsy report yet. Okay, I will pray for you, Brother Michael. And closing prayer, can I ask um, Brother Tony, please? Come and join Pastor George's Bible study at 8 p.m. 